Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. This is Red's Hot Stove League. Now the Red's Hot Stove League on 700 WLW, the home of the Red. Welcome into the Red's Hot Stove League. We are live at the Holy Grail Banks. With Jim Day, I'm Tommy Thrall. We've got a very special guest with us today that we will be welcoming in in a moment. We've got some news to get to right off the top though, Jimmy. Yeah, there's a deadline tonight. The Reds have to figure out what minor leaguers they're going to protect, and those unprotected uh, could be selected by other teams in the Rule 5 draft. So they had, these players had to be added to the 40-man roster, which sat at 35 before today. And the additions to the 40-man roster are a couple of guys that are no surprise. Tyler Stevenson's a catcher. Uh, 11th overall pick back in 2015. He will be added to the 40-man roster. Tony Santillan, which we've seen a cup of coffee in a Reds uniform in September. Uh, and the other two are Ryan Hendricks, a former fifth-round pick, a pitcher. Um, it was a very interesting story. He was injured most of last season, but at one point was rated the best curveball in the Southern League. Uh, ter- terrific stuff. He's a 25-year-old. And T.J. Antone, pitcher are those four guys that are being protected so the 40-man roster sits at 39 and that will leave unprotected guys like tj friedel and uh alfredo rodriguez yes indeed and and the other note with that you you have to have an open spot on your 40-man roster if you are going to take part in the rule five draft as well so correct you've got to your 40-man roster can't be right at 40 it has to sit at 39 they stay under the threshold with that as well. Of course, you can wait up until pretty much Rule 5 draft day to get your roster yeah. back to 39. But uh, good information there. And uh, so those four guys will be protected. Don't have to worry about losing them. Yeah, in the and we'll see them line. in big league camp. Absolutely, we will indeed. Yeah, And another guy we will anxiously look to see at big league camp is the guy that's with us today, Reds outfielder Jesse Winker. Let's welcome in Jesse Winker. <laughs> Hello. The Wink. Hello. In the flesh, right Hello. here. How are we here. doing? I'm doing great. How's your off season? Great. It's going well. Um, I'm enjoying Cincinnati. It's It's been a little chilly here, but um, it's, it's going well. When was the last time you saw snow in the wintertime? He's a Buffalo guy. I'm a Buffalo well, okay, guy. but when was the last time you lived in Buffalo in the winter? Shoot, when I was seven. Okay, um, exactly. My point exactly. I, I saw snow here last year. I had a go, I went yeah. on the Reds caravan last year. That's oh, winter, that's true. That's winter time. Yeah. And snow. I, the weather so was nasty. It was caravan terrible. time yeah, last it was year. Terrible. That's so, right. So what's been the difference? 
rehabbing and training here in Cincinnati as opposed to where you normally do it in Orlando or perhaps in Arizona? I mean, obviously it's, you know, it's your strength coach. It's your rehab staff um, that you've worked with all year. Uh, The rehab's done. Uh, My neck's great. Uh, Shoulder's great. I've been working out at Madeira High School with Sean Marone. It's been going well, and I want to thank uh, Sean Marone, strength and conditioning coach yeah, for the Reds. Yeah, strength and strength and conditioning coach with the Reds, and thank you, Madeira High School, for letting me get some work in there. And uh, go Mustangs, by the way. <laughs> um, and it's been great. It's just been a good start to the off season, and I uh, really enjoyed it here. You you had a chance while you're in town to make a public appearance recently you hosted a pizza party tell us about that i did it was at the children's hospital it was really really cool um it's something i've been wanting to do and um everybody involved with the reds that made that happen i want to thank them and obviously the children's hospital for letting me host the pizza party it's just it was really cool it's it's an eye-opening experience um and i just want to kind of get involved over there it's something i've always wanted to do and as i've gotten older these past couple years i've made it a point to get over there so often when the season ends, everybody goes their separate ways from a player perspective. And, and here you are staying in the community that you play in off season. D- does that give you a different, I, I guess, perspective on things and, and maybe uh, kind of a different connection to the city by staying here even through the off season when you're not just in playing games and then back on the road again out of town? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I love Cincinnati. It's a, it's a really special place. You know, being drafted by this team, it's a city I've always wanted to get to. Um, so this offseason, I wasn't in a hurry to get out of here. You know, I, my girlfriend's from here. Hello. Um, and uh, You've so already I, learned the important things in life. <laughs> you know, so I've, I spent a lot of time with her. And then, um, but like you said, just being in this city, being in this community, um, it's, been, it's been really fun. Um, you know, you'll go to the grocery store and, and people will talk to you about, you know, how you performed last year. And, <laughs> and luck, I mean, hopefully it continues to be good things. Yes. You know, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback and pos- positive support. You know, every once in a while you'll get the uh, um, somebody's grandmother telling you how to hit in, in, in aisle seven. So that's a, that's a blessing. I have, to, I, have to, I have to, you know, show some love there as well. Um, but it's, you know, it's fun here. I like it here. Like I said, it's, uh, it's cool. Everyone... It's a blue-collar city, and that's where I'm from. You know, you mentioned Buffalo, and that's, you know, kind of how I was brought up. So I, I really do enjoy it here, and I wasn't in a hurry to go home. You know, I, I, I like it here, so hopefully this could be a city I consider home for many years to come, Jim. Let's talk some baseball. Um, you mentioned the word rehab. At this point, is that almost like a cuss word that you're tired of rehabbing? Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, obviously the shoulder is just typical I mean, I don't want to say typical baseball injury, but it's something that happens and just need to get fixed this past year. You know, the whole neck thing, it was just one of those things that popped up and, you know, you deal with it as is and you, and you keep it moving. Um, did you deal with it the whole season or when did that pop up? I don't, I don't remember the exact day, but I know it was in August. It was a couple, maybe a, like a week or so before my birthday. And, you know, it just happened and, um, you know, it ended up being a bigger, bigger deal than it than I initially thought it was, but like I said, I'm 100% now, and I think that's all that matters. It was uh, it was towards the end of the season. You know, I ended up missing a month, which is unfortunate. But like I said, it's uh, you just keep you just keep it moving. How eager now that you that you're healthy, you feel good, uh, probably feeling the best you have in a while. How eager does that make you for spring training? Uh, very eager. Um, it's one of those things that not only is spring training, I'm just looking forward to the season starting. You know, it's. I feel strong. I feel healthy. It's the first time in a, in a while where I feel like I've been 100% for an extended period of time. Um, like even coming off my shoulder surgery, I don't, I don't think I was 100% until midsummer. You know, it's one of those things that 
I was constantly reminded that you just don't when your rehab's completed, it's just not, you're just not 100% like that. It's just not how it works. It's not how your body works. But I was good, obviously, I was good enough to play. And if, I'm, if you're good enough to be on the field, you, you, play, you play ball. As a player, you get to the major league level, but you, I feel like you keep improving, you know, because the guys you're facing are constantly tweaking their game. So you, you constantly have to do the same. Now that you're healthy, do you feel like you're, you're, you're more able to do that? And what are some of the things that, that you're kind of working on within your game? Yeah, I think this this year is the first year I actually made an adjustment. Um, you know, I'm I'm thankful we have we have a hitting coach named Donnie Ecker, and he taught me a lot this past season, um, just about different stuff with hitting, and it was uh, and I learned a lot outfield wise from from Jeff Pickler. So it was one of those, it's both those things are you're you're constantly improving as a player, like you said, and um, I look forward to doing the same this year. This team. Um, the front office and now the coaching staff is all in on analytics and on the hitting side uh, it goes much more than numbers you just mentioned Donnie Ecker who is into the biomechanical side of it uh, where do you stand on are you all in as well I am I feel like it's one of those things that as a player you need to be comfortable learning new things and you need to get out of your get out of your comfort zone kind of get out of your your box and I did I was encouraged to do that this past season and man it paid off it's just it was one of those things that I saw immediate feedback, immediate positive results. And you Give know, us an example. What, what, what did you see? Is it it's your hitting zones, hot and cool zones? Is it the, the mechanics of your swing? I, I just think it was how I was hitting the ball is how I've always wanted to hit the ball. You know, I, I want to do damage at the plate, but I want it to be in my specific area that I'm hunting, right? I don't want to... You know, we could get into this all night, Jim, if you want to. But I want to do <laughs> I got all night. I yeah, do we damage. got time. Yeah. I want to do damage on the pitches I want to do damage on, right? And it's one of those things that how do you do that? How do you do that consistently over 162 games? And I feel like Donnie really gave me a good plan and, and, and help in doing that. And mm -hmm. uh, I w honestly, I was kind of I – I wish I had bought into it earlier because he definitely tried in spring training. And I, to be honest with you, I just wasn't listening. And I was kind of stuck in my ways. And – you know, like I said, I got out of my comfort zone and I got out of my box and I started learning a lot about hitting and I think it's going to help me get to the level I want to get to. You have a little time to stick around and continue this conversation a little bit now that we're really digging into the depths. He's dying to read a promo. If I know him, he wants to read a promo yeah, and be a part of the show. Well, I think we've got to pay some bills, too. Yeah, we do. It. Yeah, so we, we do. But We'll do the promo later. We can wait till he leaves to do that. We'll get into all that coming you up. You can have him read us to break right Yeah, here. do that right yeah, there. Read, read that. Read that. There You're we go. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks presented by Budweiser and UDF. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you said, we'll be back. The Reds Hot Stove League is back live from the Holy Grail Bank with Jim Day. I'm Yo. Tommy Thrall. And we like are joint. What? Did, what you was? Like, did you like his more or my, my His read more than yours? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, yours was better. I, I need See, you. I don't necessarily need him, so you. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, you've got a little broadcasting background that, that not many not know many about. Not many people know about Not we many were, people we know about in, uh, You and I do. Smokies. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And uh, it's, you, you were hurt, and I think you were on the injured list. It's kind of a freak deal that had you hurt. Yeah, that was my car accident. That wa That's it right. was, yes. Yeah. And... Um, we had to get you out of the clubhouse, so you stopped driving everybody nuts in the yeah. dugout and brought you up to the booth. And then you, uh, we had we had a lot of fun that night, though. That was a lot of fun. We ate a lot of food. 
I was under 21, so we didn't drink any beer. <laughs> um, and uh, we, as far know, as we that, know, that was a, right. honestly, you know, for a minor league experience, that was a real. That's on the top of my on my list. You know, outside of like playing games and going from different cities, you know, I, I got to go up in the in the booth with Tommy Thrall, and we had a really really good time. All right, Pinocchio, your nose is growing, but yeah. no, I <laughs> that, that was actually it. it, it so. Jesse has a very misconstrued perception of what life is like up there as a broadcaster because that particular night they brought up dessert after dessert, which never happens. Right. But that night they did, and you yeah. ate it all. It was great. We yeah. had a lot of fun. Yeah. But um, no, we were talking about hitting. I, wanna, I do want to get into that uh, a little bit more. Uh, you were talking about the information that's available. How, from a player's perspective, because we've heard it from the front office and, and, and coach's perspective, but from a player's perspective, how do you guys process that information? And what, how much information do you guys actually have at your disposal? Or is it all filtered through the coaches by the time it gets to you guys? How's that all work? I, I feel like whatever you need is available. Yeah. And I think that's the best thing about it is like if whatever you need to feel prepared about a certain situation, it's there for you. It's just your job to kind of go get it. And over the years, I, I found what I like, I found what I disliked, and then I'm also open to learning about what I can improve on and what I can use to, what information I can use to improve as a player. So it's, um, that's really all it is. And uh, we have a great, we have a great group of guys that, that help us with that. So I'm thankful for that. Last year, you had, I, I can't, the amount of, particularly early in the season, line drives that you hit right at people was, <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm not going to make excuses for guys, but it, it really stood out to me. Um, your numbers weren't, let's just say, winker-like, particularly at the beginning of the season. Was there – It's naturally you get frustrated because um, you're used to hitting for average, getting on base above 400, et cetera. Uh, was it frustrating for you? Absolutely. Uh, I think I did a pretty bad job of, of – um, handling that at times I think I kind of let my frustration show and that's a that's just a kind of a character flaw um but it's part of the game you know it's uh it's one of those things that unfortunately you're gonna go I'm gonna go one five again it's not ideal I don't want to I don't think anybody does but it's part of baseball right and um that's why you play six months you know they don't they don't you don't make a full season on one month or two months or even three you know there's six months of ball to be played and um yeah that's really it. That's just a learning lesson for me as a player. If I told you right now that you are going to stay healthy for a full season and they're going to give you playing time, would you accomplish the goals that you would want to accomplish? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. Um, but like you said, uh, my job is to stay healthy. Um, and I just want to be on the field. I want to I wanna be on that field every day, like you said, and I think – if given both those opportunities, I feel like I can accomplish yeah, everything I want to. Injuries so often, it seems like they're just they're freak deals. Um, you, you talked about the car accident. I mean, that was something obviously a long time ago, but it's another example of just sometimes things happen and, and they're beyond your control. So what, as a player, what can you really do to prevent injuries and, and how, do you, how do you go about that, you know? I think certain things are just kind of luck related. You know, um, you, you can put your body in the best position to – to be healthy, right? But at the end of the day, there's some things that are out of your out of your control. Like, if you run full speed into a wall and get banged up, like, what are you gonna not go try to catch the ball for right. your, for your teammates? You know, so it's like one of those things that 
some things are just part of playing a playing a sport for a living, and it's just you deal with it as they come. You know, I don't think anybody ever is a hundred percent from the beginning of the season to the end. Like you're going to deal with something, and it's just knowing how to deal with it. Like we have a great training staff, and um, they they keep us on the field. Their jobs to keep us on the field and and work with um, what they've got. And sometimes it's just unrealistic to be a hundred percent, but you you work with what you got. I, I does that make sense? It does. It makes perfect sense, and I. I I think about it from this perspective. I, I don't know what it's like as a player, but I would think at some point when you've dealt with injuries, they're, they're part of your history, and it, you would almost be to some extent apprehensive of doing things that you think could cause an injury. Right. It could almost hold you back, could be debilitating in, in, from an effort standpoint, whether it's psychological or subconscious. How do you get past that, and is that something do you think that you think you've ever experienced or I think coming back from my shoulder, uh, like the first two and a half, three weeks of spring training, I was like, okay, just don't hurt your shoulder. Right. And then there was a ball hit, and I went and I dove for it. I, I think I missed it, or it tipped off my glove, and it was just pure reaction. It was just a pure baseball play. And then the same game, I like slid head first in the second or third, and I was like, oh. And after that, I was like, right. I have nothing to think about, you know. And then you just continue to play ball. But I think until you get those first out of the way after coming off of like a surgery. It's always in the back of your mind, but once you do it and you prove to yourself, like, hey, I'm fine, um, that's it. That's all it is, really. Take us inside um, the, I don't want to say clubhouse, but the off season. I know you guys still That's exclusive. Talk. That's you know, insider information. <laughs> all right, I don't want to go that far. This is another baseball question, though. Yeah. Um, where are you guys on the optimism level um, for next season, particularly offensively, because I know as a group, didn't get it done, didn't put up the numbers that you thought you could um, or what's needed to compete. Where are you guys right now going into 2020? Are you guys optimistic? Uh, yeah, I think you have to be. Um, but I also believe, like you said, we didn't live up to our expectations offensively, and what are the chances that happens back-to-back -back years? So it's like I'm willing to just bet the odds on that, um, that that won't happen back-to-back -back years as a, as a group. Um, you know, even even we even though we did have a, a down offensive year, there was a lot of great bright spots throughout the year. You know, I mean, Gino set the Venezuelan home run record, which was yeah. so cool, and it was cool to be a part of and seeing him kind of do that on a day-to-day -day basis. So, um, I think we're going to have a good offensive year this year and a great defensive and pitching year as well. So, what that amounts to is hopefully a World Series run. So. Jesse, thanks for stopping by. Enjoyed it, man. Is that it? Well, you can stick you around. You want to stick around some more? With you? Yeah. All right. Well, we're, oh. we're going to bring him back. <laughs> You're listening to the Red Hot Stove League Live from the Holy, <laughs> Holy Grail Bank, presented by Budweiser and UDF. The Red Hot Stove League is back live from the Holy Grail Banks. We're visiting with Jesse Winker, and uh, we're talking Reds baseball. You were talking about the upcoming season, and, and, and it, it really, you were kind of mentioning it a little bit. feels like. Last season almost left you guys hungry for this season. Yeah, for sure. Am I on? Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we can uh, hear you. Um, I think when you don't meet expectations set as a group that you want to achieve them even more the next year. So collectively, I, I would expect a really, really solid year from everybody involved this year. Obviously, a lot of chatter about the team making some moves, um, you know, some acquisitions perhaps coming up. How much attention do you guys pay to all that? Man, I got enough stuff going on personally <laughs> that I can't. Um, so none for me. Um, 
but I can't speak for everybody else, obviously. Right. obviously. So I, I don't know. Um, obviously, you want to see the additions that are going to be made to your team. You know, it's been a dream of mine to make the playoffs, and if, if adding a guy here or there can get us over that hump, that'd be ideal. So obviously, you pay attention enough to know if there's guys added, but at the same time, like, it's such a long offseason that you're kind of just worried about yourself. You're not scouring articles to look for the latest rumors then. <laughs> no, I, no I, to be honest with you, I don't read any articles. Yeah. None? None of it? Come on, man. No, not really. Actually, I was just talking to Trent how I follow The Athletic, and they do a really good job on the, on the hockey stuff and the football stuff. So I'll read stuff about that, but never, never anything about yourself. You I don't click on a baseball rumor or anything? No. Because I mean, you, you would have to juggle, let's be honest, you would have to juggle team side that you want the team to get better, but they're also talking about going out and signing outfielders. Sure. Um, so Obviously, uh, you feel, as a player, you feel confident enough in what you bring to the team that you don't worry about any of that. Mm -hmm. um, so, personally, mm -hmm. I, I know what I can do when I'm healthy. I feel like I've, I've shown that, and I think I, you know, I've, I've gotten like seven, eight, eight, nine hundred at-bats now, and I feel like that kind of speaks for itself, and um, so, yeah. You want to take a you want to take a call, don't you? I don't know if we can get yeah, a call let's, on yeah, quickly. Let's take some calls. So what's that number? It's can you read that? Five one three seven four nine seven thousand. So that's the last four seven zero zero zero. There you go. Yeah. Five one three seven four nine seven zero zero zero. Call on in. If you would Nailed like it. to talk to Jesse, get on the horn right away because he's getting ready to leave. Yeah, yeah he's going to pay. Or if you have himself. a question for us, the rest of the show. You can do that as well. You okay. did have a – there was somebody that came up and asked you a question during the break. They want to know who your favorite player was. Yeah, it was Derek Jeter, you know, number two. Number two. Uh, Derek Jeter. So it's uh, – I feel like that was every other kid my age growing up's favorite player, and I just kind of fell in line. Did you want to be a shortstop then when I, you were younger? I was left-handed. Left-handed, so that's, that's tough. Yeah, that's really I tough. I wanted to play center difficult. field. My I bad. wanted to be like Griffey Jr. You know, I had a couple pairs of Griffey shoes growing up as a kid that I, I had to save up for with a couple birthdays, and um, – you know, I don't. I think everybody either wanted to be Griffey or Jeter. That's fair. Yeah. In fairness, I, I knew some kids that were left-handed that wanted to still be infielders. Didn't quite work out I for them, it, but yeah. I think I tried, <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I'll just go out to the outfield. This is a, they well, hit the ball hard still to the outfield, but not as hard. Yeah. Outfield, well, so. that makes that makes perfect sense. I, I do. I was going to ask you. I, you follow football pretty closely in the offseason, yeah. your Bills. I follow one football team. I follow the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Okay. Um, Having a good year, you're probably a little excited. They're playoff bound. Yeah. For sure. I'm I, going to the game in Dallas, by the way, on Thanksgiving. Are you really? Yeah. Well, Jerry World. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, they're having a decent year. I actually have a friend in town that is also a big Bills fan, and I, I went to a watch gathering to watch the Bills. Yeah. Believe it or not, here in Cincinnati. Where at? I was across the river somewhere. So I go to the Pony on Sundays here. Okay. Um, shout out the Pony. Great wings. They have a like a buffalo meal. It's called beef on wick. All right. Um, so if you're ever in the mood for some good classic buffalo food, head on over to the pony. Buffalo. Okay. And uh, this is they're not. I'm not even getting paid to say this either. So <laughs> this is just it's just me like. Next the time you go in there, they're going to give you free stuff. Yeah, that's what's that's what's going to happen. <laughs> nice that, job. We, we see how you're you're working it. Uh, how about fantasy football? You into that? I know the, a I lot used of guys. To be, I took it off this year. It just okay. it consumed so much of my off season last year. I have this problem. Um, that if I get involved in something, I have to be the best at it or at least strive to be. Did you ever win? I take it you, you gave was, up, so I'm assuming. I was first place all year last year. I had the best record. Uh, I think I was second in points scored, but I had the best overall record, and I lost in the first round of the mm. playoffs. So. All right, so that's why you bailed on it. We got a call, Jim? We got a couple calls on here. A couple. We got Vinny and Eastgate and Ellen and Hamilton. Vinny, you're first. What do you got? All right, love to be first. 
Hey, Jesse, you were on that video where a fan told you that Yafiel Puig was, was traded. Did you really find out right there? And what did you think about that? Um, yeah, I found out right on the spot. It was, <laughs> I don't remember. I think, to be honest with you, I think we were making a pitching change, and somebody told me. And I remember looking over to right field and seeing Yassi over there, and I was trying to tell him, like, hey, you're, you're moving up north. You know, you're out of here. You're going <laughs> to that other place in Ohio. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a crazy little experience, and obviously everything that followed in the next couple innings was crazy to be a part of as well. Well, I was going to say, shortly after you guys uh, had a chance to get a little closer, did you, did you tell him mid-brawl, by the way, hey, man, uh, I actually don't told get him, hurt? I because actually <laughs> told him, I actually told him at the end, I'm like, to be honest with you, man, you're, you're an Indian now. <laughs> you know, what, uh, what did he say? I, I, man, I, I don't really remember. It was such a blur. Um, but yeah, it was, it was so, it was such a crazy thing to be a part of. Um, and you know, he was, a, he was a good teammate. I like, I like Puig a lot. He was a, he was a good guy and, um, he brought a lot of electricity to the, to the town. Maybe so they could good. bring him back and he could play first base and we could bench Votto. Uh, Jesse, uh, care to respond on that? <laughs> no, we'll move on. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Ellen in Hamilton. Yeah. Ellen, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? I watched the Reds all summer long, and it seems that they could not get that clutch hit when they needed it. What could be done to solve that problem? Because if they can solve that problem, I think they would be a contender. Hmm. Not to put you on the spot back to back here. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> thanks for thanks for the call, though, Elena. Honestly, I, I think it's just still providing providing more opportunities to score. Like to break it down from, I guess, an a- analytical point is the more guys we could get on, especially late in games or early in games, the more times we can score. Um, I think that'll solve all the problems, you know. And and I'll take that personally because I feel like that's something I I can bring more to this club is getting on base more and providing, you know, guys getting in scoring position. So I, I think that's something I'm going to do a better job at this year, and I think I, I know how to do that. So that's what I'm going to do, and um, hopefully I can help bring in more runs in clutch situations, whether it's hitting them in or running it in. Very yeah, good. we'll clap for that. Yeah, that's good. Very good. <laughs> Ellen, thanks for the phone call, and uh, Jesse, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate you coming by Thank here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm out of here. Well, hopefully we'll cross paths again this yeah, winter. I'm here. sure you'll see me. No doubt. We'll see you around. You're, yeah. a, you're a resident now. Jesse here. Winker, Reds Outfielder. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you stopping by, and uh, well, we've got more to come. Jim Day and I will continue to converse. If you've got a question here, feel free to stop by. If you're with us at the Holy Grail Banks, our phone number here is 513-749-7000 if you want to chime in and give us a ring. Jim and I will answer your questions as the uh, Reds Hot Stove League continues from the Holy Grail Banks presented by UDF and Budweiser. All right, we are back. Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Bank with Tommy Thrall. I am merely (laughs) Jim Day. Right, we are right. talking Reds baseball up until the top of the hour. And, uh, you know, a lot of uh, everyone, I am sure, is refreshing those diehard baseball fans, refreshing their news wires, et cetera, waiting for some news of a player signing or something to happen. Right. Uh, like the Reds made an early splash last year, and whether or not they're going to make a splash, seemingly they would have some money to spend in the free agent market. They'll be listening to trade offers. So, 
Um, looking forward to what's going to happen here. Yeah, it, it, well, it's an exciting time because of the names that are being floated out there. I think the Reds are serious contenders with pretty much all of the top available bats right now. And I think they're even in play with some of the guys that could be trade candidates. I, I, I was reading something today, and I, I kind of liked this idea. Um, you know, the Pirates, well, they, they are probably going to be shaking things up relatively soon. And I think when we think about going out and getting guys, it's mostly free agents. But they've got a center fielder in Starling Marte that could be available. The Pirates could make him available. Now, that would be something that would be interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, he's got, I think, a couple of years of control then if you, you sign him, you move Sinzel back to the infield, put him at second base. The Reds don't just want to improve the lineup. The other thing that is a focus for them is also uh, their defense. The defense was not great last year. That's something that will need to improve, especially when you have a pitching staff as good as what the Reds seemed and appear to have heading into next season. I'm not real big on the defensive analytics, um, but I, I did see some numbers that I thought was interesting, the outfield numbers that the Reds were towards the top of the league in defensive positioning. Yes. But they were at the towards the bottom of the league in range in, of the, your outfielders. Right. So that means you're in the right spot, but you're not making enough play. <laughs> well, and I think so, that – well, carry on. Sorry, I didn't mean to – No, that's fine. Uh, I, I would agree that they would love to upgrade. Uh, I think Senzel was fine out there. He's a terrific athlete. I think he could pretty much play almost wherever you need him. Um, but if they have a defensive, if they can upgrade in center field with a veteran, then absolutely you pull the plug. But I, I don't know or, or pull the trigger on that. I, I don't know trading within the division, though. That is, doesn't happen very often. That would be, depending on who the Reds would have to give up, would the Pirates trade Starling Marte and have to face him perhaps 18, 19 times? I, I don't know. Those are tough ones. That would be interesting, but yeah. that would be certainly an exciting option. 513-749-7000 if you want to give us a call. Of course, you can come up if you're with us here at the Holy Grail and want to ask us a question. You're welcome to do that as well. Um, the other thing, I think everybody kind of has this, and I touched on a little bit last week. I, I think that there's this idea that the pitching is set. They need to figure out a fifth starter option. Right now, as it stands, it would be Tyler Malley. But, but that's something that I think the organization would like to create some competition for him. I think that they're going to try to actively sign a, a veteran starter and fall back on Malley as being depth. Or if you don't get that starter via trade or free agency, uh, you have Malley there. But they, you need. it's very rare that you go through the season and only use five. Uh, the Reds did it one season. Uh, I think it was 2012, something like that. Um, it, it's very, very rare. So you need some depth. I think they're going to actively uh, seek a veteran. Malley would have the inside track. Um, you know, you look down the roster right now, uh, the only other guys that are on the 40-man roster right now that would be considered if you want to try Robert Stevenson again as a starter. Michael Lorenzen would love to be a starter. <laughs> He's made the world... Uh, He's let the world know that, but maybe that ship has sailed and his uh, need in the bullpen. Um, so right now, they, they really don't have anyone outside of Mally that is proven for that fifth spot. I think they're going to go out and try to sign some depth. There. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, 513-749-7000 if you want to get in on the show. Uh, we've got a question that we'll take when we come back. This is the Reds Hot Stove League. 
live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Red Top Stove League is back live at the Holy Grail Banks. We have Aaron with us here at the Holy Grail. He has a question for us. Aaron, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Um, my question was just a simple one. Do you think Aries Aquino is an everyday starter going forward or not? It's a good question. Thanks for the question. I, I'll let you start. Ooh, that's a uh, that's the sixty-four thousand dollar question right there, and one that I'm glad that I don't have to make the decision on because do you base it on one month of August in which he was incredible? I mean, he, he'll never keep up that pace, but can he be half or three quarters of that guy consistently going forward with the changes that he made um, to his swing, etc.? Um, that's tough. I mean, he's if you look at his track record, you would think that he can't put up those numbers. But um, if you rely on him to be your everyday right fielder and hit in the middle of the lineup and he doesn't, he's not that guy, then you're going you're gonna to struggle as a team. I mean, you he is a three or, or – not a three here, a four or five hitter in your lineup, and it, that's where he's going to be if he plays every day. So – I don't know. I, I, I honestly can't. I don't think anyone can answer that no, question. No, I, I, you know, and Buddy Bell talked about it last week. We, we kind of asked him the same question, and, and I thought his answer was spot on. He said when, when somebody plays like that over that stretch of time the way he did, you have to give him a chance. Yeah. So I think he gets the opportunity to be that guy, uh, and he will get the opportunity to play his way out of that job if he can't sustain success over the course of the season. But I think you go into the season, and, and, and you certainly – have that as your probably primary option in right field would be my guess and then see see how it all plays out from there but there's certainly a lot to be excited about the potential's been there with him for a long time and it was nice to finally see that realized to some extent even over a, a small sample and it's hard not to get excited about that thanks for the question Aaron thank you Aaron that's all the time we have for I hear the music. The, the music is playing. Pet. We're that done. Mean, that means Thomas Thrall, talk us on out. <laughs> Let's do it. A big thanks to Jim <laughs> Day, as always. And, uh, of course, the Wink for stopping oh, by. Oh, Jesse geez. Winker joining us today. Also for our engineer, Dave Gideon Brewster, and the broadcast share back in the studio, running the dials for us and taking the phone calls. Uh, Dave Keaton, thank you as well. I'm Tommy Thrall. Thank you all for stopping by and joining us tonight. Thank you very Thanks much. For thank you. Thank you. And uh, Jimmy's got us next week right here. At the I Holy do. Trail Banks. Yes. Yeah. Riding solo next Riding week. Riding solo next yeah. week. That'll be fun. I'll have a special guest. I'll come up with somebody. Yeah, you'll track something yeah. down. All right. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Bank. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.